John and Sam in Japan, the international comedy podcast. Theme tune time. Let's go, John. John and Sam in Japan. John and Sam in Japan. John and Sam in Japan. I told you there's no way I'm singing. Come on. John and Sam in Japan. John and Sam in Japan. Yeah. John and Sam in Japan. Never gonna happen. And put your clothes back on, it's just weird. Ah, never! John and Sam in Japan, the international comedy podcast. Welcome to the show. Here's John. And here's Sam. And this is John and Sam in Japan, the international comedy podcast. Since we last uh, talked, uh, I had something I wanted to uh, quiz you about. You know, you said uh, to me, I can't remember if it was on air or off air, but you were going to make a curry for your family. Uh, did you did you make the curry? Yeah, yeah, it was for um, Father's Day. So everybody came over and I've got two brothers and two sisters and their family. So I made just about, I don't know, 18 people, 19 people. So I had to make two different kinds because my sister's family are vegans. So I had to make one with chicken and then one with corn. Right. And this is what I wanted to ask you about, because you said to me you were going to use the one of the Japanese curry roux, maybe the golden curry or something like that. Yeah, Did, well, is that what you used? I had to, Well, I used about three different brands because I ended up, because it was such a massive pot, the one for the regular people. <laughs> that, um, yeah, I ended up... I ended up <laughs> the regular, the normals. <laughs> the normals. I ended up using three different kinds. So after we spoke, I was talking to my wife about you making this curry for these normals and the vegans. And she said, there is no way that that Japanese curry is vegan. She said, it's full of beef extract, pork extract, <laughs> and all sorts of other extracts. So I'm fairly confident that you've just... Uh, <laughs> given a uh, corn slash beef curry to some vegans. Ah, it'd be all right. Um, and it's only extract anyway. Well, <laughs> this this is what we kind of discussed as well, that, you know, she eats loads of corn and corn contains egg extract. So technically that's oh, not... does it? Yeah, so that's not technically vegan, but they're happy to stuff that down their faces. <laughs> <laughs> I was reading something recently about how uh, lots of avocados aren't vegan. <laughs> because they have to, well, quite often to these big avocado farms, they have to uh, ship bees in to pollinate the flowers or however it works. Right. But so there's no bee in the avocado, but you're using bees, you're utilizing bees, and you know they're not happy about being transported. So really, strictly speaking, uh, you're using bee labor, which makes avocados not vegan. So <laughs> you have to get on your sister about that too. Yeah, I'd be go out on a limb and say pretty much all plant life is based on insects carrying seeds to another pollinate another thing to pollinate you know fair enough. i think the the, the point is that they purposely slave labor them <laughs> yeah it's the slave labor aspect <laughs> <laughs> but so do you think your sister's going to be annoyed that you fed her cow um no i think because her husband's less militant vegan my sister just i think she she does it for you know moral reasons and also she said it really helps with her arthritis so a little bit of beef ex beef ex that's not going to kill her is it i mean it's like you can still eat you know jelly so jelly yeah, for yeah. Oh, kids kids parties that contains you know beef extract so would your sister eat that no she's 30 odd years old <laughs> <laughs> Well, you're never too old. Never too old for a bit of jelly. Oh, she might eat in trifle. Actually, I don't know. Yeah. 
<laughs> I'm looking forward. I mean, I don't know. Does your sister listen to this podcast? Uh, probably. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay. So I'm very much looking forward to hearing uh, how this turns out. If she hears it, please let us know uh, whether she's got a little bit annoyed about you feeding her dead animals in the guise of corn curry. Well, to be fair, like, because like when I look after her kids, I always give them, you know, chicken and stuff. So she doesn't, she's not, she doesn't mind about them eating stuff. It's just a personal choice. <laughs> okay. Um, but the fact that I'd gone out of my way to make two separate curries, you know, I mean, that showed a lot of yeah uh, yeah so i'm not i'm just not perfect <laughs> you can say that again <laughs> <laughs> so how's things with you um is your life that boring that all you've been excited about all week is asking me that question <laughs> exactly <laughs> yeah <laughs> i haven't been able to concentrate on anything else <laughs> Well, I had uh, my, my two-year-old yesterday, we had to take her to the A&E because um, she, the night before, she was trying to play on a tricycle and she just did like this thing where she put one foot underneath a pedal and then she pushed the other pedal round so it, the pedal went on the back of her Achilles on the other foot and then she just doubled oh, yeah, down that hurts. and put all her weight on the pushing pedal and just basically before she'd broken her foot. So um, we yeah, so I went to the A&E in the day after yesterday morning and um, oh, so you didn't take her on the night yeah no it's night time and she was all right we put her in the bath and you know we put like some of those you know those things in japan that they stick on kids heads which are cool when they've got fevers uh, yeah 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 put some of those on a foot and it was all right but um yeah i mean that's not the interesting part of the story but i went to the so i went to the a and e and um i don't well i very rarely ever go to the a and e but i was there stood there trying to sort of get my daughter all checked in and this guy walked in and honestly, he, uh, you know, he was breathing really heavily. He looked green and he was sweating so much. And he was like cl- clutching, <laughs> clutching his sort of sort of stomach and his chest. And he just... A mirror by any chance? Oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but he just looked like he was going to like, you know, you know, when you watch like horror movies and somebody just like, projectile vomits blood and then all so i just <laughs> kind of stood there and they, they gave him this um sick bucket i understand obviously you know they want to not give people massive buckets to be sick in that they're gonna have to clean out but they gave him this like little it was about the size of a like a, a cereal bowl made out of like cardboard and like gave him that i went there you go mate throw up into that and i was just like <laughs> He's definitely going to get that everywhere. It sounds like the classic scene in Wayne's World. <laughs> Be sick into this. Yeah. Oh, but he just looked like he was going to die. And I'm just stood there thinking, you know, next to him thinking, oh, he's got, you know, like an alien's going to rip out of his chest or something. Because he just looked like, I haven't seen anybody look that bad apart from in films. I mean, he looked like he was going to die. Uh, he might have died. I don't know. I was there for three hours. I didn't see him again. So. <laughs> well, I hope he's okay. Yeah. I was all right when I left. He'd probably had some of your curry. <laughs> yeah, he's probably a vegan. That's a beef extract. Allergic to beef, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so what's on today's show then? Well, the show is full to the brim. <laughs> we have some, <laughs> we have some uh, school days uh, is back. We have uh, the return of the Heffron Hawks. We have uh, The Burning Question, of course, and we have some comedy, stand-up comedy, from S.J. Cook. But, of course, first, this. 
This is JNSNJ News. All right, and now it's time for the news section of the show. Uh, what have you got for me? Yeah, I've got a... <laughs> got an interesting news story from where do you think it's from is it america yeah it is and would you like to hazard a guess as to which state in america <laughs> no there's 50 is it texas no but it's the other wacky one alabama oh florida florida oh florida <laughs> it, in your life what's the weirdest thing you've put in a microwave i was once at a party a house party where this guy put the uh, the family's pet hamster in and then he got battered oh, god Oh my god! Yeah, that was. I wish I hadn't asked. <laughs> yeah, that was horrendous. He got he got a right well, kicking, deservedly yeah, so. Yeah. <laughs> I just there was no way in my mind I thought that this would take a turn like that so early yeah. in the show. I put. Uh, we, I, I remember trying to dry out pants and stuff in the microwave. It doesn't work very well. Oh. Uh, but this uh, in Florida, uh, it said there was a new story. This was from the end of last year. Uh, It says, a new story in Florida was certainly heating up as one Jacksonville gas station owner became sick and tired of locals using his microwave to warm their urine. Oh, what? BP gas and convenience store owner Parul Patel claimed that random people keep walking in every day to warm containers of their urine in his microwave. (laughs) Do you want to have a guess as to why they think this might be happening? Um, They're taking the piss. (laughs) <laughs> I was so sure you would save that till the end of no, these segments. That's, t- that's too obvious to save for the put at the end. Um, <laughs> yeah, well. <laughs> right, well, I don't know. Is it, are they next door to a clinic? Well, I, I think you've got the points there. It says, those coming into the station to use a microwave were allegedly not customers and instead were suspected to be en route to a nearby drug testing facility. Indeed, LabCorp and Quest Diagnostics are both within walking distance of the gas station, Uh, although a spokesperson for Quest Diagnostics alleged that their facility does not engage in drug testing, but LabCorp remains silent on the matter. They're they're taking somebody else's urine, then heating it up, so it feels like it's warm. Ah, that's... Exactly. But I like the way, like, you're... That is exactly what I assumed as well when I was reading. And you've you've hit the nail on the head immediately. But listen to the next passage. I'm I'm not sure if the the if this is the foolishness of the gas station owner or the journalist, but it says uh, Patel therefore believed that these people were desperate to pass their drug tests. But what the connection is between microwaving one's urine and passing a drug <laughs> test has uh, yet to well, be determined. It might break down the chemicals. You never know. <laughs> it, could, it could be. Yeah, <laughs> but I think your first answer is probably the one. It says, regardless, they walk in off the street, microwave urine containers, then leave. Patel said these people often become violent or aggressive <laughs> when asked not to do so. Oh, can you imagine if you cooked your food and just you didn't know that seconds before some junkie just warmed up some piss. that's why i used to always use cling film (laughs) yeah he described one such incident in which the culprit was so desperate to microwave her urine that she started cussing and replied well where is the sign that says you can't use this for this kind of purpose (laughs) yeah excellent (laughs) so so patel created a warning that said just that then i'll put the sign saying this is only for food use and not to use with your urine or anything else don't microwave your urine. <laughs> oh. uh, it says, whether the sign works remains to be seen, 
though we could summarize from this experience that the, the sign in place or not, uh, the microwave should really be replaced. Oh, definitely. Oh, that is disgusting. <laughs> yes. Um, but uh, one step below um, a hamster. Yeah. Uh, at university, in our halls, we used to live, it was like terraced houses, um, and the guys who lived two doors down, one day I came back from university, like lunchtime or whatever, and it was summer, and all their windows were open, and it just stank. And it turned out that one of one of the guys, for a laugh, had di- decided to stir-fry a shit in a wok. <laughs> <laughs> They got they got um, they got kicked out of their house by the university, unsurprisingly, because a cleaner walked in and instantly vomited. It was just it was, it was insanity. That is in, that's amazing, yeah. and amazing not in a good way. No. <laughs> just going back to the uh, news story for a minute, it it doesn't say what setting they were using on the microwave, but I wonder if it was we frost. <laughs> That was J&S-N-J News. What were you like when you were at school? Did you get straight as or were you a fool? John and Sam want to know. They'll feature your story on the show. Tales from teachers are welcome too. You can send the email from the loo. Ring, ring goes the bell. All right, and now it's time for the school day section of the show. You said that you've got something from one of our listeners, Sam. That's right. So uh, Pete Sedell, uh, he's uh, we featured him on the show. Um, he's been in Culture Corner, and he was also had a stand up on here. We perform comedy together a lot. And the last Sunday or two Sundays ago, we had a we were performing together, and he said, "I've got something for you for the podcast." And all he would tell me is that it's for the school day segment. So he's actually given me two envelopes, which I'm gonna he's give me one with number one and one with number two. So I'm gonna open it up. And this is going to be the school day segment. Okay. So I wonder if uh, I wonder if this will ever see the light of day. <laughs> <laughs> so if you hear me, that is me opening the first envelope. All right, all right. So he says <laughs> on the letter. So we've actually done a couple of things like this recently, where we've given three examples, one of which was true. Oh right. Uh, yeah. Remember we did it. F- yeah. So he's done the same along the same lines, but it says. One teacher he worked with was arrested. (laughs) Uh, One teacher he worked with was arrested. Uh, He's given three examples, and we have to decide which one is true. Okay? Right. I'm I'm assuming these are teachers in Japan, so it's probably going to be all of them. (laughs) Yeah, quite quite likely. Although, actually, no, looking at the teacher's subjects, maybe they're from England. I don't know. Anyway, let me go. So... The first one is a Latin teacher. It said the Latin teacher uh, was arrested for possession and consumption of cannabis. It showed up in a drug test administered when he was selected for jury duty. He got su- a suspended sentence from the court and was suspended from school for a year. Right. What's your first uh, inklings on that? Do you well? Do you get drug tested for jury duty? I uh, don't know. I've never been on that side of the. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> I don't think convicted felons are allowed to be. No. (laughs) Let me continue. Yeah. Uh, Number two is a French teacher. 
possession of extreme pornography. I don't know what extreme means. Um, he was going through a messy divorce and his wife found it all and shopped him. Uh, I don't know the sentence, Pete says, but the teacher was fired. All right. I mean, those French are, you know, renowned for being a bit saucy. Yeah. Um, I've. What kind of... I mean, if we're talking extreme pornography, it sounds like it must be kiddie pornography then. If it's going to get fired. Well... Unless it's bestiality. I mean, possibly. Could be. Right. Well, anyway, number, th- number three. An economics teacher... He was done for ABH after he got in a fight with a player and at an amateur rugby match that he was refereeing. He was bound over to keep the peace and given a suspended sentence. It happened in the summer, so the school didn't punish him and he and the school tried to keep it quiet. Well, that sounds completely believable. Rugby. Yeah, that's... Some posh school sweeping it under the carpet. Yeah, massively. <laughs> So, is w- so one of those is true uh, to a lies he said to me that w- he said to me one of them is true right i'm gonna say the rugby ref he just sounds exactly okay. like the sort of egg chasing shenanigans that toffs would get up to i'm saying that because i know that you used to play rugby <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah uh i'm far too soft to uh to get in a fight with a referee but- no, he was the referee. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, I wouldn't fight a referee. They're nutters. <laughs> I think that's probably the right answer too, but just for the sake of variety, I'm going to change... I'll go for a different one. I'm going to say the Latin teacher and the possession and consumption of cannabis. Okay. Let me open. So I'm going to open the second envelope. Okay. Wow. Interesting. We've been given... It's a little bit like a choose-your-own-adventure. The next envelope says, oh, well, the Latin teacher's cannabis is true. Oh, so you win again. Surprise, surprise, when I can't see the envelopes. Yeah. <laughs> you just sat there rustling paper. <laughs> I would... so, but but this choose-your-own-adventure thing, because it's actually, um, this, this is what I mean. So inside that envelope that I just took this out of was another envelope. And on the outside of the envelope, it says, the Latin teacher's cannabis is true. But then it says, want to change any of your choices? And inside this envelope is a piece of paper. And I've got no idea what's written on the paper inside. So do you want to change your choice or are you going to stick with a rugby guy? All right. Oh, I see what he's done there. Um, uh, well, so I'm going to have to go for the French pornography one because what is it? The statistics, if you get it wrong and there's two doors left, you should change because you double your chances. That is true. It so is. They say. So I am now pulling out this paper. Oh, it says so. The Latin teacher with the cannabis is true, and the other true one is the French teacher and his porn. Right. So we both get a point. We both get a point. Nice. Uh, Pete's also written here, after the Latin teacher's effort became public knowledge, the head boy got reprimanded for making an unwise joke in his speech at the end-of-year awards ceremony. He impersonated, the, he impersonated the teacher saying, hey man, keep off the grass, some of us smoke that. <laughs> G'day. I'm the Heffron Hawks number one fan. 
Efron is in Maroubra, New South Wales, Australia. And we rule the Eastern Suburbs Football Association All-Age Men's Sunday League. We're called the Hawks because we saw like an eagle. Well, like a hawk. We'll rip your team apart with our claws and we're really good at making nests. Our players are from every corner of the globe and our manager is a pom. I know what you're thinking, but he's alright though. Na na na, na na na, and we all love Heferon. We're gonna score one more than you, Heferon. Welcome back everyone. This week we were playing at... Heffron Park, the home of Heffron Hawks, the fortress, the Colosseum, the field of dreams. I've got a bit of a summary for you guys because I didn't actually get too much footage during the game, but we were playing our arch rivals, Kuji United, and this was a massive game. And when I say massive, it does not get much bigger than this. In Sunday League football, it was first versus second. Kuji were currently top of the league. We were lying in second place. One point behind them as we went into the game. It was a bit like a game between Man City, Man United, Liverpool Everton, Inter Milan, AC Milan, a real local derby, Epsom Eagles, Epsom Dodgers. It was winner takes all, doesn't, doesn't get much bigger. The stakes don't get much higher in Sunday League football. It's 15 minutes into the game and the Coogee midfielder comes charging in like a bull in a car showroom, a bulldozer in a china shop, if you will, and smashes through Matty Weir's ankle. With that, shatters Matty's dreams of winning the game for us. He's out for the rest of the game, and it really is backs against the wall for us. So it was nil-nil at half-time. We come out second half. And we managed to keep Kuji at bay for about 30 minutes or so. Really, really are soaking up a lot of pressure. Andre and Connor are doing a fantastic job at the back. But it was just too much for us in the end. Kuji managed to get a goal. And at that point in the game, our dreams, our title hopes and our bragging rights really were hanging by a thread. So with five minutes to go, we're still 1-0 down. Pretty much nothing to lose now. Our assistant coach, Chris Lamond, with one final roll of the dice, decides to shuffle the pack and brings on the Frenchman, Florian, Flowrider, Jean-Pierre Papin from the beaches of Marseille, from the Champs-Élysées. At the back post, he rises higher than the Eiffel Tower and heads home to make it 1-1. We are back in the game. But ladies and gentlemen, 
It wasn't over at that point. With two minutes to go, Florian picks up the ball just inside the back of the box and he smashes it home to make it 2-1. And we have effectively won the game. Monaco, Marseille, Paris Saint-Germain. No, Florian is not for sale. He's a Hawks player and he's staying a Hawks player. Final score, 2-1. We are top of the league, so we are top of the league. John and Sam, back to the studio. Yo, Johnny McBee and Sammy O.T. Two Prince took a shit over a cup of tea. Probably a spot of milk and a crumpet, please. But there's something else cooking in the kitchen. Could someone answer the burning question? All right, and now it's time for this episode's burning question, which was, what's the most annoying co-work behaviour? So has anybody been in touch with us, Sam? Yeah, we got an email in from Francis on the emails. Oh, by the way, the email address, get in touch, Japan at gmail.com. He said, um, he said, I work with thieves. You can't leave anything in the fridge. They take your milk, they take your cheese, they'll even take your sandwiches. I've now resorted to just buying lunch from the cafeteria. So, <laughs> it's like, yeah, I think Francis needs to maybe stop working in a prison. <laughs> Anyone get in touch with you? Yeah, well, I had a friend called Daniel who said that uh, this is a while ago, but he used to go, a guy at work used to give him a lift every day of the week, which he was very grateful for because it saved him like two different bus journeys. But the kind of deal was that on Fridays after work, they would go out and get shit faced, but he wasn't allowed to drink because he had to drive the guy home. Ah, I see. So he'd have all week of, uh, you know, getting free lifts in the morning and then on a Friday afternoon he'd have to sit there and watch this guy get absolutely hammered but he said the guy was absolutely wankered by 8 o'clock and needed to go home so he used to drive him home and then drive back to the pub where he used to drink and drive in this guy's car <laughs> which we do not condone <laughs> no I'm sure that was back in the days where drinking and driving was merely frowned upon and not <laughs> highly illegal <laughs> we also had uh, Stacy got in, char- uh, in touch from Facebook and she said uh, people leaving a floater or a skidder in the bathroom at work is something I find terribly annoying filthy gets I agree with that <laughs> yeah. um, one of the, I used to work at an old boys school and the male toilets teacher toilets every day there used to be somebody just used to go in there and just do a massive dump and leave it without flushing it and I'd spent <laughs> it's probably about I reckon a good five or six weeks of trying to work out who the culprit was um, <laughs> before I, I finally worked it out. Um, it was a maths teacher. He was a horrible little old man. <laughs> and you knew, you knew that he hated the job and he obviously did it on purpose. <laughs> Leaving it for someone else to deal with. Yeah, just he obviously hated his life. So what a knob. <laughs> How about for you? Well, yeah, uh, I, for, for the fear that any of my current co-workers listen to this, I mean, I love you all dearly and none of you annoy me at all, except this. <laughs> uh, we, we have lots of little kids in school and we sing songs with them, uh, play CDs, and there's one member of staff in particular who has the inability to put the correct CD back in the correct case. You know who you are. <laughs> if you're listening, stop doing it. Put the CDs <laughs> back in the right place. <laughs> what about you? Uh, over the years, loads. But I think probably the one that definitely stuck in my mind was um, this American woman I worked with who 
used to just speak English, but then just throw in random Japanese words uh, into sentences. And it just used to drive me up the wall. Just to have a normal conversation. And then she would just break out into like single Japanese words in the middle of, you know, just instead of just say the English word. And it just used, yeah. to, used to annoy me a lot. <laughs> <laughs> so if you're listening whoever you are i hope you don't do that anymore <laughs> yeah oh, she definitely does there's nothing I, I that's an annoying co-worker behavior is especially this is in the uh the good old days of english conversational school teaching when you'd be out with people and you'd have a great night and then they would not turn <laughs> up to work and you'd get a call say could you come in and cover this person's lesson because they're sick and you go they're not sick i know where they've been they're out till like six o'clock in the morning that I hated. <laughs> One of the companies in Japan's rules for the uh, the English calls, I didn't work there, but it was if you were calling in sick, you had to personally phone up the cover teacher and tell them that they had to work for you. I mean, that's a great system, to be fair. <laughs> <That's> amazing. <laughs> you imagine phoning up, yeah, I'm sick. No, I was out with you last night. <laughs> right off. <laughs> yeah. That last G and T did me. Uh, honestly, mate, I'm dying. Don't care. <laughs> it's international, yeah. John and Sam in Japan. Okay, and now it's time for this episode's stand-up. Um, we're featuring comedian S.J. Cook, who's in Yorkshire. I've gigged with him a couple of times. He's a very, very funny young man, and I think he's going to go very far. So I think you're going to enjoy this. Ladies and gentlemen, my name is James Cook, and like everyone here tonight, this is my first ever stand-up open mic set. Before I get started, I want you all to know, I am not a 12-year-old Ryan Gosling. <laughs> I am actually 19. The reason I wanted to specify this is I know it can be confusing in this day and age, seeing a child <laughs> with a microphone in front of a crowd doing something other than testifying against the BBC. <laughs> but I promise you, you're in for a much better night. <laughs> Depending on what you're into, of course. <laughs> Don't worry, for that joke, if it offended anyone, Jim will fix it. <laughs> But since this is my first ever time, I will only be going for around about five minutes, but I promise each and every one of you, I'm going to give you a really good five minutes. <laughs> I said the same thing to my girlfriend, but she disagreed. <laughs> I'm only joking, of course, I don't actually have a girlfriend. <laughs> but I do have to say that my lack of luck with the ladies is not all down to lack of charm. Just before I came here, a lady approached me in the street. But she did ask if I lost and looking for my mum. <laughs> that wasn't even my favourite line. 
Let me tell you all a little bit about myself, though. I've just started to get into gym. And no, gym isn't a big blow, because my dad always says. But when I'm not at the gym, I enjoy drinking and getting ID'd. <laughs> I'm having a fa fucking fantastic time looking like this. <laughs> but in all seriousness, me getting to the bar these days is like going through passport security. <laughs> I've got to get my ID out three times before I'm patted down, told to take off my shoes and then bend over and cough. <laughs> That's just the local paedophiles. <laughs> and as you can imagine, if they're IDing me, I'm really concerned. <laughs> I don't know how to do it though. Plausible deniability always goes down well in court. <laughs> not that I'd know. But when I'm not making a tit of myself on stage, I'm a gynecologist in Oakley. <laughs> I say gynecologist, I work with that much cunt, might as well be. <laughs> SJ Cook there, great stuff, I really enjoyed that. If you want to find out more about what he's up to, you can go to his Facebook page, which is Sam James Cook, Cook with an E, or SJ Cook. Also, he's currently in the um, planning stages of setting up a show in Keithley in Yorkshire. So if any of you listeners are around that area, keep an eye out, keep an eye out for that show. Um, you might even uh, bump into John down there at some point. Uh, so that just leaves me to say thanks to everyone who's been involved in today's show. Uh, thanks to, of course, uh, SJ Cook. Thanks to Harry Metcalf. Thanks to Itsuki Naka. Uh, and, of course, thanks to all you listeners out there in Podland. So weird. Sorry I said that. <laughs> that is well weird. <laughs> so I suppose next episode's... Uh, well, seeing as I was talking about seeing that guy really, really sick um, in the hospital, should we say, what's the the sickest you've ever seen of like random stranger like the illy <laughs> is, that, is that a bit too I don't know I, just, uh, I don't know if there's going to be that much comedy leeway <laughs> saw a man saw a man uh, knocked off his motorbike and died should we change it then um, how, how about what's the weirdest how about, what's the weirdest thing you've put in a microwave? Oh, okay, yeah. What's the weirdest thing you've put in a microwave? <laughs> Again, I think most people just would be like, nothing, just food. A light bulb, well, maybe. Between us, we came up with uh, pants, <laughs> hamster, and I tell you what, <laughs> not just microwave, because your friend and his wok, we could say, what's the yeah. weirdest thing you've cooked? Right, but are we not just going to tell? I'm just going to tell the same stories because I don't know if I've got a different story to beat walking a shit, <laughs> shit in a walk. <laughs> um, well, that's a good. That's a very good point. So, I mean, I kind of feel like this admin should have been done pre-show. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What's your favourite ever birdie question? <laughs> are you talking to me or are you talking to the listener 
the listener. <laughs> All right. Well, <laughs> okay. Well, I think, how about that? How about that? The burning question is, what should be the next burning question? <laughs> and this is episode number, what, 33? Just some random episode because we've run out of <laughs> 30 questions. <laughs> Well, it, well, let's have two. What should be the next burning question? And what's the weirdest thing you've put in a microwave? <laughs> okay, yeah. <laughs> all right. All right. Anything else? No, I think that's all. <laughs> okay. Catch, Catch you later. later. It is time to go. That's the end of the show. If you liked it, write a review. Five stars or F you. And if you want to get in touch, we'd like that very much. Send a tape of your comedy. Not a tape, just an MP3. Send us some comedy or a song that is funny. Send us your favorite bit. But we don't want your dick pics. It is time to go, that's the end of the show Tell your friends and your family Or even the people you're married You should join in, answer the burning question Send a new story, preferably something we can find about we're on the social media sites, Facebook and Twitter, day and night. It's John and Sam in Japan at gmail.com. And if you do this, then maybe, just maybe, Sam will put his clothes back on. John and Sam in Japan, the international comedy podcast. <laughs> uh, got a little bit loose at the end there, didn't it? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs>